Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. COVID has switched my attention to big league games this year, but players develop at that level as well until they no longer do. If you have questions about Cubs development, prospects, the podcast, anything else, fire away on the contest line at Tim815 on Twitter or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, TBAs for the win, and ask me questions if I was confusing. We spend our time where it is valued, and I don't wish to waste yours. TBA, or TBD, to be announced or to be decided. Quite often, those end up being listed as the starting pitchers in games, either at the major league or the minor league levels, either one. Usually, it involves some sort of, well, obviously uncertainty. A lot of times it'll involve a transaction that's about to happen and can't be announced until it's eligible to be announced. So, for instance, today and Wednesday, the Cubs had a TBA or TBD, depending upon which source, some people like either one. I'm good with either one. Um, TBA or TBD announced, uh, listed as the Cubs starter the second day in today's doubleheader and the second day in Wednesday's doubleheader. The reason teams can't officially list the TBD player, well, there's two reasons, kind of. One of them is technically... The dude's not on the roster. A lot of the time, the dude's not on the roster. Just now, it's 157. Within the last five minutes, the Cubs announced their starter for Game 2 of the doubleheader. The Cubs starter for Game 2 of the doubleheader will be Tyson Miller. However, if you were to look right now at 157, who the Cubs starting pitcher is for Game 2... It is still going to be either TBD or TBA to be determined or to be announced because Tyson Miller is not on the roster. You can't have an, a player officially listed as the second game starter if he's not on the team. And he's not. As soon as the Cubs end game one, then they will be allowed to add a 29th player to the roster for game two, but not for game one. So... Tomorrow, um, game two starter will be Tyson Miller. When game two gets here, when game two gets here, he will be added to the roster. Adbert Elzale is in line for the Wednesday start. It was going to be Elzale on Monday and Miller on Wednesday. However, a couple days ago, Elzale, this is per Jordan Bastian took a ground ball off his forearm. So he was pushed back a bit. Elzele still may be in line for the Wednesday start, but he's out for the Monday start. We don't know who it'll be. It could be Elzele. It could be, well, it won't be Miller because Miller will pitch today, which will pretty much disqualify him from being able to go on one day rest. So uh, we'll find out. We will see. And at some point, if 
after Miller is, has done made his start, it will be possible to look at the players who are on the forty man roster and play a little bit of uh, um, eliminate who it won't be. It won't be one of the hitters who's getting added because the Cubs will want to add a pitcher to start game two, and it's doubtful it will be one of the short relievers because they'll want a guy who can start possibly, so it won't be like a Dylan Maples. So we'll see who they end up starting. It could be Alzalei. It could be someone else. But a lot of times you'll get TBA for that reason because he's not on the roster yet and you can't announce it yet. So uh, that throws me a bit during a normal season because... It's really nice when I'm planning ahead to decide which game am I going to prioritize of the four in the Cubs pipeline tonight. You know, let, let's let's imagine it's a Monday during regular season. Maybe Iowa finished off a series on Monday on Sunday. Monday they have off, and then Tuesday they're playing out in oh Tacoma, Washington. So sometimes in that sort of a scenario, they'll get Monday off for the travel day. So a team, the the AAA team or the advanced team, they they get a day off. So then in that situation, there's only two or three games. But normally there's at least two. Oftentimes there's at least three. Some, quite often there's four. And this year I have none. It's annoying. It's annoying as heck. So it's been a long time since I've seen a Cubs sort of squad with TBA or TBD listed as the starter. But when I'm looking at, okay, here are the four games. There's a bit of a, I'll say an art, probably giving myself more credit than I deserve there, but I'll say it's an art of a large chunk of it is what picture do I want to listen to? Not all pitchers are created equal. Last year, when Braylon Marquez started to get on his roll, if he was starting, that was the game I was listening to. That was the game. Didn't matter. Who are they playing? Doesn't matter. But who's pitching for South Bend? Doesn't matter. South Bend won the title. But when Braylon Marquez was pitching... I was listening to Braylon Marquez down the stretch. Once he got called up to Myrtle Beach, I wanted to hear every start of his at all. And I wanted to listen to most of his starts in South Bend as well. When you listen to or watch a player you're not familiar with, something happens. I can't accurately emphasize enough how much I enjoy you guys listening to my podcasts. I've done two podcasts already today, this morning or this afternoon, whichever, and they already have numbers climbing up. It's very nice to see. If you wish to expand the scope of my podcast, pass one of the cool ones along to one of your friends. I don't know. Maybe you like the long ones. Maybe you like the shorter ones. Maybe uh, maybe they'll want to understand the difference between why some guys are... TBA or TBD for the second game of a doubleheader. You never know. Who knows? But no, if you if you dig the podcast, pass the link off to a friend. Or 
If you really like the podcast, consider being a sponsor. Anchor provides sponsorships, and those help in my efforts as well. While either would be greatly appreciated, you continuing to listen is more important. Um, so the art of deciding. You have four pitchers, not all of them are equal. And the goal is to learn from games. For me, the goal is to learn from games. If I don't think I'm actually going to learn something from a game, I, if I'm already like reading a book and uh, heck, maybe even doing a working on a podcast and all of a sudden the game starts sooner than I thought, or just something, whatever happens. And it's already a one-sided game and it just doesn't seem like the team's... There are times where, you know, if I don't really think I'm going to learn something from a game, not from Pat and Ron, I'll learn something from them. But if I'm not going to upgrade my knowledge of some of the players, that's a large part of what I'm listening for. So today, when Tyson Miller is the starting pitcher for the Cubs, presumably, you're kind of, hmm, what's this guy about? Maybe, I can't remember. I think he might have pitched a little bit in spring training, inning or, to, inning or so. I should probably look it up, but I don't know that I will on this one. He's pitched last season, 2019, LA. Whoops. Jumped ahead of myself there. Tyson Miller did really well in double A. He was there for about two-thirds of the season. Late in the season, he was moved up to Iowa, and he struggled there. And when players struggle, that's all you know. You don't know that if he struggled, that means he will never, ever, ever be any good at any level. No, that doesn't apply. All it means is he struggled. He uh, Something happened. Maybe he had a couple of outings where he didn't get a second pitch over the plate. Maybe he could be any of a various number of different things, but he didn't really do all that well in AAA. So this year he was probably going to be repeating AAA except there are no AAA games this year. So he was sent to the alternate training site in South Bend, and along with Ed Berelzelay and a couple other guys, he's getting ready, getting extended, getting to the point where he can possibly go five innings and be ready for the game such as they are. So uh, Miller struggled, did, did very well in AA, Struggled in AAA, probably 92, 94. He can probably go a little, go a little bit higher than that, but he's not a flamethrower. He's he, uh, decent velocity, decent command, and if that translates at the major league level, he'll be fine. If he can get over three pitches and throw strikes with all of them, he'll be fine. If he can't throw strikes with three pitches, if he can't throw strikes with two pitches, he'll get hammered because that's how it works at the major league level. What you saw in AA, what you saw in AAA doesn't necessarily directly translate ever in any one specific game. And most of the time what people are interested in is one specific game. So Miller, pretty much no matter what he does, 
pretty much no matter what he does. He'll pitch on Tuesday and then go back to South Bend. I'm doing the, uh, what would it be? The Flintstones crane thing. You grab something in one hand and you lift it up over and you get it to the other side, then you drop. He'll go back to South Bend. He'll go back to South Bend. And this is a learning experience for Tyson Miller. And if you're doing your job as a student of the game, hopefully you prioritize the Tyson Miller game and pay attention to him. And I say it quite often, take notes, take notes, however it is that you would do that. But um, baseball is fascinating when you take it as a learning opportunity for so many people, particularly people on Facebook groups. Hey, people who are on Facebook groups that I'm on, how you doing? For quite a few people that are on Facebook groups. Baseball is about taunting the team that you don't like. I'm a Cubs fan, yay Cubs. Cardinals, Brewers, White Sox, whoever it is. Yeah, you guys can all insert whatever term you want there. Um, if, If that's what works for you, that's what works for you. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably interested in player development, learning about players, educating yourself, And as the opportunity presents itself, since you have educated yourself, educating others as well when the opportunity comes along. So, um, Miller, midnight, uh, low to mid. Now, what what do you call 92 to 94, 92 to 95? It's not mid 90s. It's not low 90s. It's mid to low 90s, I guess. But, uh, he's, take notes. Take notes. Um, I really don't. Ha- it, it's it's been a while since I've listened to a game, and much many of the notes that I take are I'm just relying upon the memory to work. And when I haven't heard a pitcher pitch in five months, eight months, nine months, let's see, what would it be? Probably it's probably been August since I've heard Tyson Miller pitch. Maybe early September. So that's that's a year, um, about a year, 11 months since I've heard him pitch. So I really don't have a whole lot of new information. So let's say back then he was throwing 93 to 95. Well, what's he throwing now? Did he get better over the off season? Did he bulk up? Did he work on the things that increase velocity? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. When you're watching a pitcher, or a hitter, whichever one, some players you have specific memories of. Value those for what they are. I remember back three years ago when I saw this guy, he did that one thing. Okay, well, now he's who he is now. That back then may apply. It may not. If a person, oh man, he was with that one team last year and he was terrible. Well, that may or may not apply. You can keep the, he was terrible in 2019 with that one team, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's who he is now. One other thing that I'm going to toss in, this will probably be a shorter podcast than usual. 
I noticed among the transactions today, the Detroit Tigers are calling up three players and releasing one, Dawel Lugo. No, he's not being released. He's being designated for assignment. Dawel Lugo is being designated for assignment. And replacing him on the roster as an infielder is Isaac Paredes. Paredes used to be in the Cubs pipeline and went to the Tigers in the... Okay, I'm just getting six different notifications on my Facebook right away all at once. I hope that didn't ding, 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 ding for you. But uh, Dowell Lugo has been designated for assignment, which opened up a spot. The Tigers have called up Isaac Paredes, who used to be a Cubs prospect and was acquired by Detroit in the Justin Wilson trade. You may have interest in Justin Wilson. You may think he was he would have been very good. Oh, cool. Um, you may think that he was a complete, absolute, abject waste of time. But when you make a trade, when you obtain a player right before the deadline, you end up giving away a prospect and eventually that prospect may be nothing or he may be useful. And when you're assessing a trade at the time, it's important to assess. Wow, I'm getting like 19 different Facebook notifications all of a sudden, all at once. Okay, so uh, when you trade away a player, if your team is trading away a player to get a veteran, have some knowledge if possible, of the player you're trading away. So, for instance, back in the day, if you'd done some research on Isaac Paredes, you'd been following him, you'd noticed he was a shortstop for South Bend, he'd been playing, or, I think it was South Bend then, yeah, I think it was South Bend, and then uh, maybe he'd been, and he'd been playing a little bit of third base. Do the research such that you can, and then if someone asks you, hey, what about that trade? have at least some awareness of the prospects that are going, whichever way. And if you're really not sure, you're not familiar with the player, but you did do the research and you looked at his numbers, say that. Say that. I really don't know a whole lot about that player. The players were getting back in return. This is what I know about them. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. The players that are going back the other way, this is what I know about them, etc., etc., etc. Jamer Candelario went the other way. Candelario was never going to get much of a chance with the Cubs, particularly before the designated hitter was added to the National League. So he was never going to get a shot there. He pretty much had to go somewhere else. Isaac Paredes went to Detroit as well in the trade, and quite a few people were, oh, he's just a prospect. Well, no, actually, he's not just a prospect. He's also a human being. He's, you know, he has some things that he's good at in baseball. There's some things that he struggles at. As it happens, just before the Cubs traded Isaac Paredes to the Tigers, I saw Paredes in a game up in Beloit. Paredes was usually a shortstop. In this game, possibly, possibly, on the advice of the Tigers, perhaps they wanted to see him play third base before they made the trade. 
seems a reasonable thing. Normally, you have the shortstop play shortstop, but it could be that a team is interested in a player at at a different position as well. Hey, we're thinking about trading for this dude, but could you play him at this other position just because? Whether that was the reason or not, South Bend played Isaac Paredes at third base in the game I was watching, and it was all good. There was a play early on. There's a runner on second base, either with nobody out or one out. Either or. And there was a ground ball to third base, and Paredes stepped inside onto the grass to pick it up. Either onto the grass to pick it up, or after he picked it up, he moved onto the grass. Now, presumably you've watched enough baseball to know how runners on second base play the ground ball to the third baseman. They stay kind of close to the bag, because they don't want to stand too far off the bag, or the third baseman will get them into a rundown, and that won't help anything. So they want to stay kind of close to the bag. But as the third baseman gets ready to throw, they like to take a bit of a secondary lead, because if the throw is a bit wide to the first baseman, or it, you know it, anything could, the, the throw is just bad, they want to be able to, if the opportunity presents itself, Make a break for third base. All good base runners do it. Even bad base runners usually do it. Ground ball to the third baseman. You wait until he's about ready to throw to first, and he's starting to throw to first. You take that extra little step toward third, just in case anything goes wrong. Now, if it's third baseman grabs it, throws to first, first baseman catches it, you're probably not going anywhere. But if it's one of those down-in-the-dirt kind of throws and the first baseman has to reach for it and you know makes a nice little scoop to grab it, then the runner just keeps going to third base and it, often he can make it. And it's a very smart, adept base running play. So there's this ground ball to third with nobody out or one out. Paredes grabs the ball, starts to throw to, thir- throw to first, and the runner gets a little bit too far off the second base and Paredes backpicked him. It was beautiful. The runner was just a little bit too far off the bag, and he sprinted back to second as the throw's coming into second, and he was out. The runner's on first, not second, and Paredes forever had a fan in me because as a shortstop, when you're watching the ground ball to the third baseman, you know the second baseman the, the runner on second is timing the throw by the third baseman. He just does. There's really not a whole lot a shortstop can do when the third baseman grabs the ball on a bounce and throws to first. There's really not, you know, somebody has to go over and cover second. A lot of times it'll be the second baseman. It could be the shortstop. But either way, the shortstop is seeing the runner time the third baseman's throw. He's timing the third baseman's throw. He's timing the third baseman's throw. And if the shortstop is kind of um, with it mentally, he's thinking, you know, if I ever had the chance to play third base and that runner did whatever it is, I'd so throw behind him and get him out. Ground ball to third base. Paredes picks it up. Starts to throw to first, throws to second, 
second baseman tags him. It's beautiful. Isaac Paredes is now considered a third baseman. And the Cubs no longer have Justin Wilson. So yeah, when, when a trade is happening, it can work out well. It can work out poorly. It can work out both. It can work for both teams. It can work for neither team. If a player is going the other direction and you're not familiar with him, that doesn't mean he's useless. If a player is used in a trade, that pretty much defines that he has use to the other team. The hiccup is when you trade a player to another team that thinks he has use and he ends up having a lot more use than you thought he had when the trade was made. And that might be about ready to be the case with Isaac Paredes. Nonetheless, I dig Isaac Paredes because he made that play when he was with the Cubs pipeline and he's the man. So if Isaac Paredes is wonderful at third base for a number of years for the Tigers, Cubs fans will be saying, oh man, that was a stupid trade. I'll be saying, hey, it's really cool that Isaac Paredes is kicking butt right now. And why didn't you say that was a bad trade back when it happened? Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. Probably not until the doubleheader starts, though. I'll attempt to make that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.